Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss shipping Bucky and Sarah. That's sucky. No. Welcome back to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a weekly Marvel recap podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. Before we get started, take a moment to Hulk smash that like button and subscribe to keep up with MCU news and reviews. I My gotta name- say, I don't like you recoding the like and subscribe to figure about the Hulk. <laughs> it belongs to Doctor Strange. How dare you? <laughs> Doctor Strange is gonna beat you up. <laughs> Anyway, my name is the legendary Danny Vincent, and that is the normal Tyler Borland messing with the like of the scribe one that rightfully belongs to Doctor Strange. Anyway, (laughs) shall we move on to MCU news? Yes. Alright, so we're going to start with what we forgot to talk about last week, which is Renee Elise Goldsbury. Goldsberry, excuse me, has joined She-Hulk. Someone else has also joined She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Ginger Gonzaga, whose name, if I mispronounced it, I apologize. She'll be playing She-Hulk's best friend. However, Renee Elise Goldsberry, who is more famous, <laughs> is a lot more famous uh, than whoever I just said, is playing someone named Amelia. Now, Tyler... I know I did not give you any time to research um, who Amelia is in She-Hulk Mythos. So who is this? <laughs> who is? I didn't give you any time to look it up, but okay, who is it? Tell me, who's Amelia? Is it she playing Amelia Earhart? So Amelia is heavily involved with um, with mutants in the comics, and she is also. Uh, she is also a member of S.W.O.R.D. Uh, later on in the comics, which is interesting because we obviously have S.W.O.R.D. now. She was a mutant and a nurse who cared for Charles Xavier. So, Amelia Vot's powers in the comics are transubstantiation, which means that she has the power to convert matter into vapor, um, including herself. Another power of Amelia Vot's is teleportation, Uh, which is something that we've not seen yet in the MCU. Um, that is if the, if she is going to have, going to have powers. Give me, Um, give me a Nightcrawler sequence. Does Night, remember? Yeah. Oh, an X2. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Give me Nightcrawler again in the MCU. You know, the the guy they cast in Apocalypse is really good too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, too bad, like, they weren't good movies, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Uh, but yeah, uh, I I it'll be interesting to see what exactly she's going to do um, in the She-Hulk series because I'm not seeing anything. To be clear, she could also just be playing a new character named Amelia. Uh, she's a lot more involved with. Oh, she could be Amelia Earhart also. <laughs> have you ever seen my? Uh, have I ever shown you my awful? Well, okay, it's not awful, but it's a high school uh, college film I made, and in it there's an RA in it who's named Amelia. And then we had to put up, like, we made a newspaper. Like, there's a montage where a bunch of newspaper headlines pull up. And we decided, well, we need to get for her last name. We'll just call her Earhart. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. College. What a time. Right. Yeah. 
But uh, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's cool that uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry has been cast at um in 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 this show. Uh, I I know her. I don't know her, but uh, she's in Hamilton. I've seen her in Hamilton not at the Constitution. Seen Hamilton, but uh, what? I, you know, I, want to have it I may on have the seen. I may have seen her when she was in Rent. Um, because it's the rent it on the record live on Broadway, and I may have seen her when Tyler, uh, she was in Rent, a fan of theater who has a podcast where he watches content on Disney Plus weekly, has not made time to watch Hamilton. However, he's watched Rent. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Rent. Well, actually, that's not true. I've never seen Rent. Well, you only think about when I think of Rent. <laughs> think How about... can you hate Rent? <laughs> What do you mean? A lot of people hate Rent. I've never seen Rent, though. <laughs> I feel like I, I wouldn't like Rent, so that's okay. why I never watched it. Rent? Are you going to give me Rent? Are you rent? Gonna, for my... I'm not going to give you Rent, um, <laughs> but I will keep that in mind for future reference. But yeah. Rent, I would almost put Rent in Obnoxious Core. You know, I that wouldn't surprise me. I've heard Rent is pretty rough. I think the problem is Obnoxious Core. I actually... I'll pimp that at the end of the episode. But I just appeared on another podcast talking about obnoxious car, but it's not Kevin's. Kevin didn't want me. Kevin wants me in a couple weeks to talk about SpongeBob on his podcast. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Anyways, uh, so I've seen, I have seen Goldsberry in Altered Oh, you didn't need to clap. You could have, we could have kept that. Oh, I didn't. I will give me shitting on I hit Kevin. My watch up against the desk. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I have seen, I have seen Goldsberry. In, in altered carbon. Danny, this is why we don't record on Friday nights. <laughs> We're slap happy. <laughs> anyway, you've seen her in altered carbon. Yeah, I've seen her in altered carbon. Which is a show I keep meaning to watch, but I probably never will because it's canceled. Um, but it still has two seasons. And the first, if you're gonna watch anything, watch the first season with Joel McKinnon, and just call it quits after that. And I'm gonna say that if you're gonna watch any musical with Renee Elise Goldsberry, it probably shouldn't be Rent. She's in Hamilton, uh, which most people who are in the theater, since it's free on Disney Plus, have watched by April 2021. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've not managed to watch Hamilton on Disney Plus, but I have seen X Men Apocalypse. Twice on Disney Plus. Twice. (laughs) Well, I know what we're going to cover next week. We're going (laughs) to skip the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Talk about X-Men Apocalypse. Tyler's favorite movie. In prep for Moon Knight, we're going to watch X-Men Apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we can watch, like, an Ethan Hawke indie movie, too. (laughs) I would be totally down with that. Oh, man. You you don't know what you're signing up for. We can watch the one... Would you consider... Uh, the one where he's a vampire with Willem no, Dafoe as I, an indie movie, or is that too mainstream? Which one? The one Sorry. with Willem Dafoe where he's he's a vampire. And he, I don't know. I think he's a vampire who hunts other vampires. I mean, it's a, it's original. Well, no, but. I was gonna say we're gonna watch First Reformed, which is a which is the movie where he plays a priest who discovers climate change is real, and then he just he's like. Oh, but how can God let us have climate change? And it's like a very slow drama where his faith is tested and he becomes an eco-terrorist. Spoiler alert by the end. Oh. Great movie! (laughs) (laughs) It is really good. 
you watch it, you'll be like, wow, Ethan Hawke can act. But it also would be so funny to talk about an MCU podcast. <laughs> it is the complete opposite of an MCU movie. Uh, I think we should move on to the next bit of news. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> we talked more about... This is, this is a mess. Uh, so... Our next piece of news is that Alfred Molina, Alfred Molina, uh, <laughs> have it in our notes that he does not give a shit, because uh, he just went, he literally right before we recorded this Variety published an article where he basically was like, yeah, I'm in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't want me to talk about it, but uh, okay. Yeah, it's all been, it's all been speculation before, but now, I mean, the only thing confirmed was... Obviously, Tom Holland's in it, um, and they, uh, uh, what's, his na- what's his name? Uh, Jamie yeah. Foxx is in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I want to read some excerpts from this just so we can talk about the whole thing uh, before we really get into watch, it. I have a lot to say. Watch Alfred Molina is trolling all of us. No, well, what's funny is, is no, I don't think he is. Yeah. Because he was being interviewed for Promising Young Woman. And then they asked him about Spider-Man 3. And he was like, yeah, I'll talk about it. <laughs> like, I'm reading, like, when I read this, I'm like, wow. Because it literally just reads like, he's like, so, can you tell us anything about Spider-Man 3? Wink, wink. And he goes, oh, well, yeah, sure. And the, the person's like, wait, what? And then they got this huge exclusive by accident. <laughs> and, then, and then the very next day, uh, Disney's going to sit down with, Alfred Molina, and they're going to be like, "Look, use this magnifying glass, and you'll read the fine print that you are not supposed to." Well, well, there's the thing: is this is a Sony production, so it's very. Oh, that's Sony's probably like, ah, yeah, Yeah. send out the spoilers. (laughs) I'll get people hyped. Now, now, I'm not going to read the exact quotes, but there are some stuff confirmed in here. Uh, so the actor asked John Watts, uh, who's the director, obviously, why? how can the movie bring him back since he dies at the end of Spider-Man 2? And John Watts says, in this universe, no one ever dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is pretty... I- I'll be very blunt. That's a very damning phrase. <laughs> very, there's no... Con- like, I would be like, there's no consequences here. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, the movie will pick up Doc Ock's story just from the moment where he's in the river. Uh, Molina's concern is that he looks he's 67, so he looks way older than there was in the 2004 movie. And this is the real news to me, is that he's going to be de-aged. Which, I am very anti. Because here's the thing. We don't know if... We technically... It's heavily rumored, right? If Maguire mm-hmm. or Garfield are going to be in this movie. If they are in this movie, I don't want them de-aged. Right. I don't want to see a de-aged Tobey Maguire. The whole appeal of it would be that it's today's Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't need to see him in 2004 as Spider-Man. I've seen him in 2004 as Spider-Man. In a great movie, a Sam Raimi movie. Uh, also, also, I love the last bit here is that they asked him, he's like, I don't have the same physicality I did 17 years ago. How can I fight? I've seen The Irishman. And in The Irishman, how have you seen it? Robert De Niro, like, beats up a guy in the street when he's de-aged, but it's... The body's de-aged, but, you know... He's de-aged, but he fights his age. You, you his can't, you age. can't really curb-stomp a guy like you would when you're, you're 30 yeah. when you're 70. Right. But <laughs> this is the last thing I like as a, a note, is Alvaro Molina said, My basic physical move as, a, uh, as Doc Ock, as an actor, is just do this. 
He then stared, glared intensely at the zoom camera and made a menacing noise. And he says, I do this a lot and the arms are doing the killing, smashing, breaking. I'm just looking straight ahead with a mean look on my face. <laughs> he's outright saying that, like, he's getting paid to do practically nothing. And the CGI is going to do all of it. I want to point out that the coolest part about Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2 is, you know, the, uh, the, the, well, okay, besides the script and Molina's performance, which both are great. The practicality, those those were real octopus arms, right? They're usually real octopus arms. So he's just like, now nah, we're just doing CGI. I'm sitting in a booth and I'm just screaming and making uh, 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 noises, you know? So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be Alfred Molina in Spider-Man 3. So my take on it, anyway, my ultimate take on this is, is like, okay, uh... I am I'm down for well obviously I'm down for Alfred Molina get a paycheck Alfred Molina's great go with him someone I know was like uh I can't believe John Watts not content this was so dramatic not content with ruining one version of Spider-Man which is really funny first off you can't ruin Tom Holland's Spider-Man when you're the guy who originated it you know yeah it's like you just you just ruined Spider-Man he didn't ruin Tom Holland's Spider-Man uh <laughs> And now he's trying to ruin another Spider-Man. So here's the thing. Like, he's trying to ruin Spider-Man 2 by making Doc Ock still be evil. Okay. Could very well be an alternate reality Doc Ock. More so, even if it isn't an alternate reality Doc Ock, uh, Spider-Man 2 still exists. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like John Watts doing this changes Spider-Man 2. Right. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is still going to be a great movie. I can ignore the Tom Holland movies existing. I, I do ignore them when I watch them now, right? I'm not like, why is Spider-Man so old when five movies from now he's so young? You know, I'm not stupid, right? I... <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. Furthermore, it's just like, yeah, the de-aging sucks, but as I've said on this podcast multiple times, all of John Watt's Spider-Man movies have been bad. Expecting this one to be bad is just what i'm doing going into it <laughs> if i get some alfred molina ham sure if i get some jamie fox ham sure i'll take it anyway what's your thoughts on molina showing up de-aged and also pretty much showing up to an interview and being like yeah so i did this movie um i don't they want I don't me to not talk about <laughs> i don't necessarily think that he needs to be de-aged he doesn't look old do what? He might have put on some like Molina doesn't look old. Yeah, he he might have put on some weight, but like one, if they want him to lose weight, we know Marvel is well capable of hiring personal trainers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you seen Kumal in the Internals? Have you seen in, in yeah. Jacked Kumal? Yeah. Like Marvel can handle that. Uh, but yeah, DHing sucks. Yeah, the only time it's been useful is like in the Marvel movies. It's still Captain Marvel. That's also because Samuel Jackson now doesn't look too old anyway. Mm-hmm. He's easy to do. You just got to get rid of some wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, no, no I'm, I'm excited to have Al- Alfred Molina back. Um, I, I don't think they necessarily needed to do the de-aging. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do what they're going to do here because it sounds very much like he's getting pulled 
across the multiverse over to yeah. over to the MCU from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man film. Speaking of it, I wanted to add one more thing because I forgot. The other thing about that guy who is like, they're ruining Spider-Man 2 is like, we know for a fact when the movies are close together, the filmmakers consult on each other's work. And Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man No Way Home. Doctor Strange's next movie is directed by Sam Raimi. Ergo, I can assume Sam Raimi had some input. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they would ask him. Like, John Watts is not going to be like, so I'm using your characters. Well, and, and also, honestly, also give me some. This is what what Doctor. What's going on, with Doctor Strange? I'm using your characters, so I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, your advice, though. You know, like yeah. he's not gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and honestly, that's the best thing that could have happened, is well, Sam Raimi to be directing. You know, right along directing a the, film that the best thing right that next... could have happened is Sam Raimi directing Spider Man Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home. Right. And killing Tom Holland off in the first ten minutes. And then Toby being like, I have to... Like a reverse Spider-Verse for like an old oh Spider-Man comes gosh. in and is like, I have to take over for the young one. And then Andrew Garfield's there and he's like, hey. <laughs> as, as long as we get Mulaney's spider, spider pig, spider ham. Spider ham, yeah. spider ham. I'm spider cool with ham. it. But, uh, Did you see the this... picture they used on this headline in Variety? It's very low quality. Where he's on the roof? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very low quality photo. And it looks like he's taking a dump. Yep. I will never get that out of my head now. <laughs> I'm very confused why they couldn't get a better photo from Spider-Man 2. It's not like it's a right? hard movie to find pictures from. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, go look up the Variety articles picture they have for Doc Ock. It's very blurry for some reason. And it looks like he's on the toilet. Anyway... We're recording this on Friday. You can tell. Uh, our last bit of news, we gotta get serious, because this is actually serious news to discuss, is is that this also literally just broke, like, as I was eating dinner right before this, is that, remember how a few weeks ago we said Marvel was looking at moving to Australia yeah. for all their films? Well, Ryan Coogler says that Black Panther 2 will still shoot in Georgia, and this is in relation to the recent uh, bill passed in Georgia, the uh, I don't remember the exact name of the bill, but it is a massive voting rights violation of a bill. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you you know what I meant by that. Uh, like voter suppression. That's what I mean. It's a voter suppression bill. Uh, however, uh, for example, James Mangold said that he's gonna. You know, James. Oh, do I need to explain who James Mangold is? So, yeah. James Mangold directed Logan, and Ford v Ferrari. Those are his two most recent movies. Uh, he said that he's not going to shoot any more movies in Georgia until this is repealed, which is kind of a big deal because his next movie is Indiana Jones 5. Uh, then Antoine Fuqua, whose last name I probably mispronounced, but also he makes really terrible movies, so I don't really care. And Will Smith, who's starring in his next movie, said they're not going to shoot in Georgia because they think the voters right the they we cannot in good conscience provide economic support to a government that enacts regressive voting laws designed to restrict voter access uh so on and so forth so they moved however ryan coogler let me get the quote from ryan coogler uh well it's the paraphrase from hollywood reporter because i don't actually have the article open uh well of course it's, he opposes the bill. He spoke to local voting rights activists in Georgia that said that if you pull the business from the state, it's only going to hurt the people who are most hurt by this law. Uh, so, for the reason, Kugler writes, 
I will not be engaging in a boycott at Georgia. Our film is staying in Georgia. Instead, he's going to make donations to Fair Act Fight Action, which is Stacey Abrams' mm-hmm. uh, Co- coalition. organization. Yeah. Uh, yeah, coalition organization. And he will continue to shoot there. And I think this is a very uh, honorable position. Tyler Perry has said the same position. Everyone else who's talked about it in Hollywood have really either not commented or been like, we're doing a boycott. Also, moreover, gig workers, you know, they work gig to gig. So if you take away their gigs, they're going to be screwed over, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think this is cool of Ryan Coogler to do a big op-ed about. And I think it's good for him that he's still shooting it there. I'm still surprised Black Panther 2 is shooting this um, right. this summer. That seems really quick, but you know what? As I've said always with this movie, Trustin Coogler, he is the most talented person working for Marvel besides maybe Taika. And even then, I'd put them, I wouldn't put either of them ahead of each other. They're pretty equal uh, in my mind. Sorry, James Gunn. Uh, they're both way more talented than you are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Chloe Zhao I could put up there too, but I haven't seen. You know, it feels weird to talk about her because she hasn't made a movie yet. Like, yeah, her movie isn't out yet. Yeah, I mean with, she's made it with it's the MCU. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've not seen her MCU edition. Yeah, but we still got Chloe Zhao. She's talented. We'll talk about her two weeks from now because the Oscars are next Sunday. Yep. So. Yep. 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 Uh, all right. I think that's MCU news. Yeah. I'm glad we got through those other ones pretty quicker than we did. <laughs> well, I guess we went through, got through Georgia pretty quick. All right. Now we're going in the green room. Tyler, you watch something, I watch something. I think it's going to be pretty short. Yeah. Unless you have a lot to say about your movie. I don't have a lot to say about mine. Um, I printed out the, the script of the movie. Well, lucky for yeah. us, it's a documentary, which means it was hopefully unscripted. All right. So this week I watched... Uh, Rock Milestones, Led Zeppelin 4. It's a documentary on Prime Prime Video. How does this um, relate to the MCU? Tell me how Led Zeppelin relates to the MCU. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Led Zeppelin is related to the is re- relative to the MCU in that their song, the immigrant song, is played in Thor Ragnarok. Ah, boom. Thanks. Tyler passes. The most easy question of MCU trivia I've ever given him. Good job. Anyway, sorry. I'll stop being so mean to you. Go on. (laughs) Okay. Um, So this is a uh, 2005 documentary, um, and it definitely definitely shows its age um, just in the, the headers that are used on on screen. It was like I was watching something from a time capsule. But uh, Graham McTavish... I'm not sure who that is. He kind of starts us off like delving. He introduces us to the album. But what I really liked about this documentary is that he didn't sit there and lead us through a picture show, like a slideshow the whole time. Um, it He just kind of, he introduced it. And then we went through these separate interviews um, with, uh, with, with people um, and taking like video clips of uh, them play- of Led Zeppelin playing live, and we uh, also had a couple like radio interviews with Jimmy Page. Um, so I thought the the use of that footage was was really nice. So the uh, the other thing I really liked about the documentary is that it goes through each song that was that's on the album, and this this album. Um, 
it actually took me until recently that I the majority of the Led Zeppelin songs I like are from this album, and uh, I'll I'll go through the track list real fast. There's okay, good. Let's see if I know any of these songs. All right, Black Dog, Rock and Roll, The Battle of Evermore, Stairway. Is there really to... a song called Rock and Roll? Yes. That's so like oh, it's generic. so it's so good though. Okay. okay, well, they need a better title. <laughs> I say that as someone who's never listened you to it. You write a, write a letter. Um, Retitle this, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Battle of Evermore, Stairway to Heaven. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, I was like, you're bound to know one of these. Misty Mountain Hop, Four Sticks. Isn't that from The Hobbit? No, it's not. <laughs> what? They go like, the Misty Mountain Hop. Not that one. But, oh. uh... Four sticks going going to California and when the levee breaks. So I oh I've heard of when the I don't know it but I've heard of when 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 the levee oh when the levee breaks is that's my that's my top that's my favorite. No when the levee uh, breaks the cradle will fall. Song. But uh, it was actually little fact factoid about uh, the recording of when the levee breaks. Uh, they were actually moving in a new drum set into uh one of the band members apartments and he lives on in like on like three there's three floors in his apartment room and uh they they got the drum set in at the bottom and he decided it was a new drum set he was just going to start playing the led zeppelin drummer was so he just starts playing um and it's the it's the drum intro to when the levee breaks which is it's it's I, iconic. I that's cliche for me to use that, but uh, but yeah. So he started playing it, and then uh, Jimmy Page ran upstairs, and from it was all done. Like all the instruments were played in this stairwell, like uh, of this of this apartment, um, of this apartment complex, and that's how they recorded that song. Is was just moving in moving in this drum set. Actually the majority of this of this album, Going to California, was written in their front yard. They were uh Jimmy Page said that he was actually nervous when he was in the studio and they recorded a majority of this album in a what they can what they called a cold run down house. Cause that's where they said they needed to get their get their inspiration from. But uh and th- this album came out uh, after two years of straight touring, which I can only imagine them being tired, you know. So yeah, like I said, highly iconic guitar riffs. I guarantee you've heard at least one riff from this album. Um, the majority of people will know Stairway to Heaven. Um, and one, one last thing is that they did not put a title on the album cover when they released it, which at that time, Atlantic Records said this this is commercial it is corporate suicide with you doing this at where jimmy page countered with we want our album to sell for the content and not the names on the album uh, which i think is that's really big for for artists to do that and uh that's also it's also a good good point for an artist artist to make is that you're like yeah i want my content to sell and not just because my name is so-and-so that is you know being the reason that you're gonna buy it so uh in other words wait. selling out so so wait, wait wait can you so what is it what's special about the album cover they did there was no title they did not put their uh 
they did not put their band name on the title of the album cover. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Which was... Taylor Swift should do that sometime. Right? <laughs> Just put a giant 22 on an album. I'm pretty sure... I don't know. Maybe she does. Uh, has maybe. an Adele I know what, at least one person who listens to our podcast is a huge Taylor Swift fan. Uh, they're probably going to be mad I brought her up. So, <laughs> never mind. And also, anyone who's a Led Zeppelin fan is going to be mad that my response to someone talking about Led Zeppelin documentaries is talking about Taylor Swift. So, never mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, if, if you're a Led Zeppelin fan, if you're a rock music fan, I definitely recommend checking this out on Amazon Prime. So, uh, what did you what did you watch this week? Tyler is asking me this <laughs> with a certain bizarre gusto because here's the thing is last night I realized, huh, I haven't watched anything for the green room this week. I did watch a few other I movies. watched mine this uh, morning. I or, Well, okay. Yeah, I well, I didn't have time to I only had time to watch Falcon and Soldier this morning. In retrospect, I guess I could talk about a different movie I saw with Julius last weekend that I really liked. But nope. I'm letting Tyler. I'm going with Tyler's pick, which is so nice of me, considering Tyler's going to pick something for me in two weeks anyway. Uh, basically, I was choosing between three movies, and I let Tyler pick the one I was watching. The ones I could have watched is the Pinocchio remake, which was made in Italy, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. It's a European, though, definitely. It's not an American remake. The Mulan remake, which I need to watch at some point, because it's nominated for two Oscars. And then I watched... What I did watch was called Love and Monsters, which is nominated for visual effects at the Oscars. Um, I don't know. It looked nice, I guess. Uh, as for it being a movie... Okay. So, like many movies... I don't know if you heard, there's a global pandemic going on. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of movies are not getting the theatrical release that was initially planned. <laughs> what we'll talk about next week. Uh, but Love and Monsters is kind of a weird one in the sense that it did not get a... Uh, release that it was meant to have but the release it did get was just straight to video on demand instead of being sold to streaming like other paramount movies like uh the coming to america sequel and trial of chicago 7 were just sold to streamers love and monsters are like yeah we'll just put it up on video on demand for 20 bucks see who buys it i've heard it did okay uh but obviously there's no actual charts for that thing so no one really knows how it did uh so the movie takes place in the future, seven years from now, I assume, because it looks very modern. No, no, excuse me, it has to be in the future because there's robots in it. Uh, there, like there are, it takes place. So the apocalypse happens, but before the apocalypse happens, there are cool butler robots that are for very expensive for their family. So maybe ten years from now, right? Not, it's not. They're not very sophisticated robots, but they are robot butlers. We're, very weird detail for this movie to have, I'll just yeah. say. It, 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 but it was cool. I actually liked the scene with the robot butler the most. Because, well, first, let me tell you what it's about. So, Meteor was heading towards Earth. Uh, this is all in the exposition in the first minute of the movie. Meteor was heading towards Earth. Humanity came together, blew it up with rockets. However, what they didn't realize was is that blowing, blowing up the stuff, the Meteor, the Meteor was full of radioactive stuff, which then rained down on Earth. And only affected the reptile, the cold-blooded animals, which turned them into monsters that ate people. Oh. So this takes place seven years later, where 95% of the human population has died in the first year, and the rest of them are living in bunkers. But it's like a, co- it's very Deadpool-y. Like, very Deadpool, gotcha. Zombieland type of vibes. Yeah. It's PG-13. It's not R. Uh, 
Was Zombieland uh, PG thirteen or no? Zombieland's R. Zombieland's very Zombieland's very R. Woody Harrelson swears all the time in that movie. Uh, I watched Zombieland a couple like whenever the sequel came out. I hadn't seen it, so I watched the first one. Gotcha. No, I watched the sequel. Uh, hot take: They're about the same level in quality. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of either. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray okay. though. Yeah, Bill Murray's in the second one too though. Spoiler alert. Is he? I've not seen the second one. Uh, he's only in the post credit scene where it's a scene about where he, it just shows him on day one of the zombie apocalypse. Oh. It's kind of silly. Okay. You could honestly look it up on YouTube. It's completely I, for unconnected Bill to the plots. For Bill Murray, I will. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, Love and Monsters to me, uh, so my, my thoughts on it are basically, well, first I want to talk about the actors in it. The lead actor is Dylan O'Brien, who was everyone's choice to be Spider-Man back when uh, Andrew Garfield got the role. I don't know if you remember that. Dylan O'Brien you know. is the is he the guy from Maze Runner? Yeah, yeah. He was the, everyone's choice to be Spider-Man back in the day. Uh, so it was nice to see him in this. What I got annoyed by is Jessica Henwick is second build in it, so I was hoping she'd have a big role, but she really doesn't. She's in the movie for maybe twenty minutes. Jessica Henwick is an interesting actress to me. Uh, I've been listening to. This, old podcast by patrick i say old because it's canceled like it's done he's on to a new new podcast now uh called we Hard hartnett where it's just him going through all the films of josh hartnett who if you don't know who that is it's okay i really don't either i've seen literally one josh hartnett movie ever my point is jessica henwick would actually be a really good choice for this because if you look at her roles she's been very slowly building up a resume in bit roles and she's about to be the lead in the matrix four uh she was in game of thrones Hey! Which she played Nymeria, whoever that is. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Um, you know, yeah, she's sounds familiar. A alum of the MCU on Netflix. She was in Iron Fist and the Defenders and Luke Cage. Cancelled. Cancelled. She played Colleen Wing. Anyway, but she was in The Force Awakens. She played just a random X-wing fighter in that. But as I said, she's going to be the lead of the Matrix Four, which is pretty cool. To see, like, because she's just been slowly building up roles. And then oh, the yeah, she, she got... dies in Game of Thrones. I mean, who doesn't? But anyway. Yeah, but she's going to be in The Matrix 4. Anyway, so she's not really in this movie a lot. Uh, the other MCU alums in this is actually interesting. Is uh, So the plot is it's very, very young adult fiction. Extremely young adult fiction. Uh, what did I put you through? <laughs> well, it's the thing that's weird. It's young adult fiction, but the characters are written to be, like, mid-20s. Because uh, they say they dated in high school when they were, like, 17, and the movie takes place six years later. I feel like this is, like, a zombie land Twilight. Well, no, no, no. There is no love triangle. Okay. Dylan O'Brien reconnects with her over the radio. Turns out she lives in a colony, a bunker colony, about 85, eight, yeah, 80 miles away, 85 miles away, which is insanely far because, you know, you can't drive. The monsters are out on the thing. He hasn't left the bunker in six years. He has, like, a freezing up problem. He narrates the entire movie like Deadpool. It's so annoying. Mm. Uh, anyway, so he goes, he leaves his bunker to go chase after the girl he hasn't talked to in six years. Don't worry, the movie eventually acknowledges how stupid that is, but for the first hour, it really doesn't seem like it's going to, <laughs> and it's very annoying. <laughs> Please tell uh, me the, the scene that introduces Dylan O'Brien, it's him running from a monster, and then it pauses, and then he says, this I is wish. me. You're probably wondering no. how I got here. Let it me opens tell with you. An it opens with an animated sequence, and then I think oh, the first boo. scene we see is him like cleaning a toilet, or like he's like the janitor and cook 
of the colony. Well, they all make fun of him because he's still, a fool. You can still start it. Like, this is me. Yeah, yeah. honestly, this is the type of movie that would begin like that. Anyway, <laughs> so he goes on this journey, and the best part of the movie is he. I'll get to the MCU stuff, don't worry. The best part of the movie is he comes across this dog who is so cute, and he's insanely trained. Like, this dog has his own house. This is a. This dog is never CGI in the movie, other than when, like, you know, it's, like, trying to fight a monster. Because, you know, CGI stunt doubles always. But this dog is so cute. And the dog's name is Boy. So I'm just like, oh, he is a good boy. Oh. He's literally named Boy. Uh, but anyway, he, he lives in a trailer where the dog, like, can open and close locks. It's so cool. What? Yeah, I know. He's such a, he's very, like, this seals is, like, very, like leftover from this was a cartoon and maybe this was a talking dog who was his friend yeah that's just a dog but like you know i liked it but anyway the people he comes across to that mcu blunts are a i'd say surrogate father daughter because they're very notably not actually related to each other they both it's like michael rooker is one of them that's why i'm bringing it up michael rooker's son was killed and this girl's parents were killed but she was friends with his son so they're kind of their own makeshift family. And they helped Dylan O'Brien go a bit of the way. And it's Michael Rooker, who, you know, is always a pleasure to see. Uh, and then it's Ariana Greenblatt, who is an MCU alum, who played a very famous role. I'm going to make you guess who she played. Here's the hint. She's under 10 years old. It's a very important MCU character. Yeah. She appeared in... Oh, wait, 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 wait. One last hint. One last hint. One last hint. Yeah. Only appeared in one MCU movie. Mm-hmm. But it was a very pivotal role. Pivotal role. Under 10 years old. Under 10 years She's old. She's still under 10 or maybe 11. So Was she Hawkeye's one. daughter in Age of Ultron? She was young Gamora in Infinity War. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't blame you for not knowing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. I forgot about that Michael, scene. He comes across Michael Rooker. And then we get to the robot scene. I don't. I don't want to sum up the whole movie. I know that's really annoying. This isn't a recap podcast of Love and Monsters, and people are always like, "Oh my god, just get onto the Falcon and Winter Soldier discussion." But I want to talk about the scene because this is the one scene of it I liked. Because the rest of it is very like dull, you know, dull fiction. It feels kind of like a pilot. It definitely feels like this whole thing is built to set up a series, but it's also rushing through like five or six episodes of the TV show too. Yeah. But anyway. Um, Though he comes across a robot, and this is so the robot's like a robot butler who charges, like she charges herself up, right? Mm. But since the apocalypse has happened, there's no power, so she saved her battery for years till she come across another human. So she talks to Dylan O'Brien for like an hour, and she just wants to help him. And I was like, this is so like weird and nice and sad, because at the end he buries the robot, because it's like there's no power existing anywhere anymore, right? Right. right. So she'll never be recharged. She's just like, well, I know I, I'm gonna die. So I'll spend my last hour talking to a human. And it's just a really sweet scene. And I huh. was like, this is so nice. And I wish the whole movie had been as like nice as that. Because the rest of it's so... Jo- There's still jokes in the scene. Because she's very much like a Alexa. Like, you know, it's like, hi, can I help? Like, she do- she's not a very intelligent robot. You know, she's just designed to be helpful. Yeah. But it was like, it was sad. Because it was like, oh, you're never going to see anyone again. And then she also, like, gives up some of her power so he can use his radio to contact his girl who he has a crush on. It's just like, this robot's too nice. I like the robot and I like the dog. The rest of the movie was whatever. Two stars Visual for effects the robot were okay. and the dog. I gave it two and a half. Two and a half for the yeah. robot and the dog. 
and anyway yeah shall we move on yeah <laughs> from this point on we will discuss the latest episode of the falcon and the winter soldier and possible spoilers for future productions we do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers but will gladly take full credit if such come true that said this week, we actually can claim to have a knowledge of a future spoiler, and I'm going to give a heads up now. There will be a very minor Black Widow spoiler in this week's episode. Uh, however, if you look in the news today, or rather look in the news last week about a certain somebody appearing in this week's episode of Falcon Winter Soldier, you might have already seen it. If not, there's a reason we're saving it for the Falcon Winter Soldier discussion. We didn't discuss it, discuss it in our news segment. Furthermore, we won't address any leaks, but if our speculations align, it will be purely coincidence. So now we're going to discuss Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 5. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Do you know what I'm referencing? Tyler doesn't. He's just in shock. Tyler's like, no, whoa, I don't know what Because the, the thing is... Have you ever seen the Will Smith, or seen the trailer for the Will Smith concussion movie? Um, yes. Yeah, in the trailer he goes, I haven't seen the movie. He goes... Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Oh, yeah. And it's like Will Smith very try. Like, he's trying he's to act. He's trying. <laughs> Will Smith for that. tries to act. But <laughs> so, shall we give general thoughts on the truth? Yeah. Um, this, this show overall should definitely have been a binge show. Uh, this episode seemed to drag at parts, but I think it's only because of the shorter, faster-paced episodes that came before it. Um, Wait, we have to say one thing that's incredibly important. In fact, I'm surprised this wasn't your intro, Tyler. This week, Tyler finally gets an hour-long MCU episode. So, uh, also, script rewrites were very evident in this episode. Um, And we've not actually covered this um, before, but... The uh, Falcon and Winter, well, we may have touched on it, but Falcon and Winter Soldier actually had to go back um, and do quite a few rewrites in the form of script and um, reshots as well because of um, originally there was going to be a pandemic involved in this series. Still, Still, though, this was the best episode thus far. It should have been a binge show um and this is what we were building up to uh because i don't know like the big moments in this in this one were big um but i think like, they would have hit like, better if i was able to like, binge it you know like no 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 i got you saying uh an example i'll give now and then i'll give my thoughts is for example io arresting zemo be a huge deal if we just watched three episodes of Zemo right before it, but now it's like the first time we see Zemo this week, he's getting arrested. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Something like that. Yep, exactly. Uh, you I think? would say this was the best episode for me, too. Yeah. I think it started really strong, and then it built well. However, I definitely agree with the binge comment, because uh, also I think this episode is very clearly meant to be a slow build for the release we're getting in the finale next week. Yeah. Uh, however, we obviously have to wait a week for the release, so this slow build won't feel like a... You know what I mean? Movies. Yeah. So let's talk about the scripting rates before we dig in. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, basically the original script is rumored to have been focused around um, the Flag Smashers 
using a pandemic to reduce the population of the earth back to the way that it was be like during the during the blip during the five years uh that five-year gap i think to be clear though i actually think it's good they aren't doing this Mm, yeah yeah. no 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 under like imagine if you will in a world without covid uh, i'm okay with still I, i i think once you add the idea of these people trying to unleash a virus to kill half the world's population, their ambiguity goes away, right? They're just clearly evil. Yeah. Whereas Carly exists more in an area still where I think she's very radicalized, but Falcon's like, oh, I'm still going to try to talk you down, right? Yeah, so you think, like, uh, Carly could could be brought back. like Yeah, I still do. Yeah. Uh, I think when you had a pandemic storyline, unless there's another side character in her thing that's more radical than she is, which there isn't, mm-hmm. she's constantly the one who's leading. The, like people are telling her, "You're going too far." Constantly on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that would work with a pandemic storyline. That said, I would agree that rewrites are very obvious here. Yeah, I would also say a rewrite in this episode that threw me off. Maybe you have it. Is that we said we're waiting for a power broker reveal. Uh-huh. And this episode does it in like the most nonchalant way imaginable. It's very weird. Did you notice that? It's like Sharon calls up Batrock mm-hmm. to go work for Carly yeah. to kill Falcon. Yep. And like, okay, I guess she's the bad guy, but it was no I it's it's been painfully obvious this whole time. It's just yeah. really weird we didn't have it. You like the reveal. Yeah. Yeah, I was. It's, I mean, I guess like I, guess I was like, did I miss a scene? The heroes, did I, like, I guess the... the heroes still don't know that she is the power broker, but but we do. But we do, and like yeah. that scene is meant to like it's very written that like we would know it already. I honestly thought so. Like when the Marvel logo was playing, I went to get a drink of water before the episode started, and I was like, wait, did something happen during the Marvel logo? I missed because that's the only time I missed in this episode. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, there are definitely some rewrites going on here. Uh, I still kind of agree. We'll see how it ends, but seeing how a lot of stuff has been resolved, I think this would have been a better movie than a show anyway. Yeah. I don't think we need six hours for this story. Yeah. We have some fun, like, we get some fun moments, but let, here's how I put it. And I will go, we can go more into this depth next week, because the whole point of a show like this, like with WandaVision, is that you delve deeper into the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've delved We're that much deeper really, into Bucky yeah. and Sam. Yeah. They they just now have characters when previously they didn't. Yep. You know, like previously they were just coasting by. Uh, but now it's like, oh, Bucky wants to become a better person and I see how he wants to be. Okay. Or like, oh, Sam has a sister and he is nervous about the legacy in front of him. Okay. But none of, none of these things are stuff I couldn't assume already. I just didn't get a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. The only character this show has built, I would argue it didn't built it, but it reboot, rebooted him uh, of a pre-existing characters, is Zemo. Yeah. And I say it's more of a reboot of his character because in Civil War, he's so serious. Mm-hmm. And in this show, he's not. And yet, we still don't know if he was snapped. And I don't think it's going to really appear in the finale. So yeah. go, oh, by the way, I was snapped or not. Yeah, I've I've been so caught up in uh, Zemo that yeah. Uh, that yeah, I kind of forgot about the whole snap thing. Yeah, no, I I, I still want to know that. Just assume it. The show doesn't tell you anything, you know. We just yeah. gotta assume. Uh, 
Uh, it's a anyways, write your shall own we story. actually talk about the episode? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what an opening! Like, yeah, yeah. That great opening fight. Yeah, the best fight of the show. The the pacing. Which, by the way, sidebar. I'm gonna quick make a comment. Yeah. A, a provocative comment that I saw on Twitter, which is it's pretty crazy that Disney Plus canceled the Lizzie McGuire show revival before it came out because they were worried about there being too much adult content in it because it was going to be about her dating like as an adult but yet disney plus is totally fine with showing captain america decapitate someone did he decapitate him if he didn't decapitate i think him, he smashed he... his chest in i mean it's his not neck. it was his neck yeah he goes for the neck he decapitated him and he tries it on falcon and that's all again too which was pretty cool that was pretty tense cool fight very brutal fight yeah uh but my point is double standard lizzie mcguire lizzie mcguire who cares let her let her be an adult so danny you're letting anyway, how we get lizzie mcguire, lizzie mcguire we get lizzie mcguire into the mcu and then she can have her own show okay yeah sure there i'll uh, i'll uh, hillary duff okay she can show up my f- <laughs> one of my friends would be so mad though. One of my friends hates the MCU and she loves Lizzie McGuire. She's gonna actually be guesting on her MCU podcast. <laughs> She's on our schedule to, to guest, so she'll be she'll be here. Hey some point. Uh, Don't worry, she's here not to talk about Marvel though. She's here to talk about Lizzie McGuire. She's here to talk about Kate Shortland. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyways. Um. Oh my gosh. It's okay. Don't worry. I don't think we're gonna hit three hours. Yeah, I hope. As long not. as you, the, I, I want to have one thing for our listeners also is that normally Tyler writes his notes on the computer. This week he did not, so I have no idea. Tyler how also wrote his notes end. an hour before we started recording. So, yeah. Well, my my point is here. I have no idea how long this is gonna take. I don't know how long we're gonna be here. I don't know. I don't know when we reach the end. All I know is that I'm gonna talk about the credits billing at the end. That's my one note that Tyler told me he didn't have written down. Okay. So at the so, very end of this, I'm gonna talk about credits. So uh, John Walker is what would have happened if Tommy Lee Jones has got had got his way in the first Avenger. Yeah. Yep. yep. If it would have, uh, been, I can't remember that that guy's name. I will say, well, name, but. yeah, yeah, the, the, it doesn't matter. We'll talk about him at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everyone knows who Tommy Lee Jones is. Um, I will say, do do I want to talk about John Walker now? Is now a good time for me to talk about John Walker? Not necessarily talking about John Walker, but put like touching more on. Well, I um, think John Walker's a bit more complicated than no, he he is, and all I was touching on more here is with like the serums effects. Is oh okay yeah 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 you're right you're right you're right. So uh, which I. I appreciate that. Uh, that fight was very, very good. Yeah, that fight was the uh, fight was really good. I actually, when it he... doesn't let you forget that Falcon isn't a super soldier, which is great. Yeah, uh, and then also it's just like very like I expect it to be brutal, but it was like the most. It was really good. It was a good fight. I, that's all I can really say is like great fight. When he ripped off Falcon's wings, I was Falcon's like, wings. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Although I was really confused why he did the Bucky, where like. Bucky's like thing like you know what I mean like it zapped us for a second and then he was like oh well I'm back up again anyway I was like wait what yeah but yeah I did I did feel like at moments there were parts of this scene that were cut that that would have 
tight like tightened the narrative in this part a little bit a little yeah more. It's, a, it's a weird sense of geography yeah yeah um but uh do you think sam is guilty for turning he feels guilty for turning away the shield at first i don't i, I, mean, I definitely I think... get a sense of bucky like bucky's conviction I think he regrets scene. it yeah. a little bit, but I think it's, I think, it's weird to say, I think he's upset at himself for letting John Walker do what he did, Yeah, but I don't think he really blames himself for it. I think he kind of implies that he's like, Steve shouldn't have put this pressure on me. Mm. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's a, It's a weird question to have. It'd be great if the show explored it, because I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're not going to explore it, because this episode resolves all of it. Right. So. I was like, we have one more episode, and most likely it's going to be punch, punch, pow, pow for 40 maybe if we're lucky, Maybe if we're lucky, Bucky will go up to Batroc and be like, have you ever heard of the ship of Theseus? <laughs> and we'll get the same dialogue from, from Vision. <laughs> and then we'll just Vision. reveal that Batroc is just Bucky. Plot twist. <laughs> That's Bucky's last name. Not Barnes, it's Batrock. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is fan fiction. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I don't think we know Batrock's last name. Maybe it's Batrock Barnes. I was thinking Batrock was his last name. Well, we don't know his first name. Maybe his first name is Bucky. Bucky Batrock. Wow, Tyler just disappeared. There was there was a spider, and I was trying to kill it, and it disappeared. The itsy bitsy spider went up the water. Spout. All right, so moving down on. came the uh, goblin. <laughs> Torres, you uh, what did you think about him? Uh, one, it was kind of weird that he just randomly showed up, um, because we didn't. Yeah, especially because he wasn't in the last exactly. Episode at all. He, like we've not seen him for like quite a while. I say quite a while, but we've only had five episodes. But uh. But yeah, we've not seen him for for a while, for a couple weeks, and then all of a sudden he just shows up like he's just hanging out with Falcon. Uh, but I I assume it was because they were they were back in America, and that's why that's why he he found uh, Falcon. But, Wait, uh, but were they back in America? I thought they were. I thought they still, they were back. I thought they were still in France or wherever. I don't I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah no that that does make sense yeah which well i mean but it doesn't make sense because why was in torres there earlier what is torres doing with his life that's the real where's question. my torres so why did it take a full episode from torres to fly <laughs> that's how it happens on disney plus danny <laughs> come on where's my give me the torres envision show Oh just give me more. Honestly, why wasn't Paul Bet? Why was it? Why was it just? This why was it Paul Bettany? In why the was show? this the exact same show but with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany? <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, played by Wanda and Vision. Um, yeah, I would pay big money to see the opposite. Anthony Mackie and <laughs> Sebastian Stan in one of those sitcom episodes. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, anyways, back to Torres. What did you think about him? Back, taking... back to the show. Back so to the we show. know we know. What did you think about Torres taking the Falcon wings? I'm curious if we're gonna get that payoff in this episode, the next episode. Yeah. Or if it'll be more like a tease. I don't think if it's 
Yeah, well, uh, we need, I don't think we it'll be a post credit scene. Listeners. That's what I want to say. I don't think it will be a post credit scene. Next we need week. to remind the it's... listeners that uh, in the comics, Torres becomes Falcon. Yeah, I don't think it will happen next week. To be clear, well, let me rephrase. It will happen ever next week in the finale. Yeah, for a brief second. Uh, won't, but it won't be a big beat because you know the beats will really belong to Bucky and Sam, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, not the Falcon, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> and then or the sequel think, or like season two of this series, which will be Falcon times two. two. Falcon Falcon two. Well, the show should have been called Two Captains to America. Two Falcons to Americas. Two Falcons to Americas. Yeah. Two Buckies, two Bucky. Well, two Buckies, two Barnes. <laughs> two two Buckies, two Batrocks. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I don't think it will be a post credit scene though. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, I think it'll just be a tease. I I know I said I don't think it's big enough to be a post credit scene. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think so either. Um, especially since uh, yeah, we've not got much time with this character. Um. I speaking of characters we don't have much time with, or do we have a note before that? Uh oh which character are you <laughs> gonna talk about? Well, Tyler, who is the character in this episode who we don't get a lot of time with, and yet she's the only part I want to talk about because of how random she is. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. She Mrs. Zemo. Oh. It, no, R.I.P. Anyway, Too what, soon, what's our next Danny. subject? Um, what's our next subject? Yeah, yeah, it's been five years in real life. Uh, <laughs> and however long. It in, in, in show. Let's see how long it's been. It's been. It's 2023. Seven years. It's been seven years. So get off my back. Anyway. Okay. What is our next topic, Tyler? Um, I really wish I had the numbers. I was. I said that I was. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased with the way that Walker was discharged. Um, I, and it's much better than what my prediction was last week, which was that he was going to spin a story. He's going to fabricate his own story, which he did. Um, but then he was going to still remain at the helm of being Captain America. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was pleased with the way that, uh, he was discharged, um, and that just adds to his adds to his motivation. Um, it was a nice way of, like, the scene wasn't full I, of action, but it was a nice way of like building up. Can I talk about John? To Walker something? Nicole? Yeah. Am I allowed to? <laughs> Am I allowed to? Uh, so I think John Walker is interesting. Uh, plot twist, you know, I haven't been talking about him like he's the best part of the show for the last five weeks. Just kidding, I have been. Uh, John Walker, to me, in this episode is interesting because this show has this weird thing where they try to make him sympathetic, but they also it's, they're also incredibly aware he's a jerk. Because he is. He's an awful... He's, he's really annoying. and He's he's an awful person. He really yeah, is. Yeah, no, he is. But I like this sequence because it very much puts in it... And he calls them out, and he's right that he's like, I'm just doing the job, and... I'm a soldier who you've trotted out several times to Afghanistan and stuff to do horrible, like because he said that he said that last week, like yeah, he was in Afghanistan, he said he, he did, did horrible, terrible things. things, yeah, like you, you made me. I am what you want me to be, and now you're just throwing me away. And I really like that. It, it is 
the commentary that it, it's it's a PTSD. Like he's very obviously. I, I said to a friend, is like someone was complaining to me that like they wanted John Walker to be more, uh, more of a blatant like alt right, anti black, uh, character that wants to inherently put Sam like lower. Yeah. And I'm like, I think this show is actually doing something way more interesting with this. They're showing what would happen if you gave, like, Chris Kyle superpowers. You know? Yeah. Like, a xenophobic military person who is really just doing the job, but since the government doesn't care to give him the help he needs, because they're like, well, you're a hero. You don't need any help. Mm-hmm. That's just making him, like, internalize it and make himself worse. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a way more interesting way to go about it than just making him an outright like racist person. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he is, he does do a lot of implicitly racist things throughout the show. Yeah, but it's more of like it's, it's you know what I mean. He's not. If you asked him, he'd be like, "I'm not racist," you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, like that. Uh, and it's obviously even then I wouldn't say the racism is the main point of him anyway. The point of him is that he is, he's an American who the. Uh, government says they care about but they really just care about how good he makes them look yep which is why when he doesn't make them look any good they're ready to throw him out you know, like, he, exactly he's correct to say yeah he is right to say he's given them so much mm-hmm. uh like we, we might not like him but he spent he did three tours in afghanistan he was on a, a squad that was determined to like was assigned to do things that were morally wrong like he's not wrong to be upset mm-hmm. uh and I like that about him. I think it's very – it would be extremely easy to just write off the character as a bad person. But the yeah. show is like, no, he's a part of a system, and that's why he's bad. Yeah, and I like I like that about this, uh, about this series is that its villains aren't – we don't just have – they're not vanilla villains where it's Except like – Except for the power brokers. Well, yeah. <laughs> so confusing, but – Emily Van Camp, just like, please give me a good role. Uh, do you want to be the third most important villain on this show? <sighs> okay. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So uh, but I, I like how they've been they've been building up these um these villains to uh to actually have like we we get to see their motives and you know we can sympathize with them on some level you know yeah um. But uh, speaking of villains and future villains, what about uh, that cameo this week? The cameo, the cameo, which is the the thing to talk about. Just to me, this is weird. Okay, because I don't know if you remember. You probably do, because we spent like an hour talking about it. But remember how Paul Bettany really hyped up a cameo? Yeah. Uh, I want to point out that if WandaVision came out Falcon Winter Soldier after we did, we'd be like, who is it? Because Julia Louise Dreyfus was in the last one, and no one could have guessed that. Yeah. And then we would be like, oh, it's just Paul Bettany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I like, well, I like Julia Louise Dreyfus getting a paycheck. Uh, when she walked in, because I, I had heard that there was supposed to be a big cameo this week that was an actor who had not been introduced yet in the MCU. Uh, but she was a, well, they, cause they didn't say what gender it was. Uh, they didn't know, like they had not appeared in the MCU, but they were played by a pretty big name actor. I'm like, who could that be? And it's Julie Louis Dreyfus, who is like 
royalty in a way because you know she's the daughter of uh richard dreyfus i believe mm-hmm. that's his name right yeah uh but moreover she is like a comedy queen she was in veep she was in new adventures of old christine and of course she was on seinfeld right uh and you know i'm really happy she's getting a paycheck and she's gonna probably keep popping up in these like yeah good for her yeah and i like her like, I like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, so... Yeah. It's exciting to see. It's Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, who is Nick Fury's girlfriend, as I said. She was once Madame Hydra, an agent who literally threw... Sh- I don't know what that means. Literally threw, threw a- shield chief Nick Fury for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? How do you literally throw someone for a loop? <laughs> And then was featured in a silent one-page seduction sequence in Nick Fury. What? <laughs> Famously had two panels changes because, oof, uh, it was too sexual. Basically, I'm moving on. <laughs> moving on. Very, very sexy. Hopefully, hopefully she meets up with Nick Fury at some point. We get we get some of that. Um, however, the big deal here is that she, uh. She was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. However, after the Secret War, a Skrull agent posed as Contessa de la Fontaine, uh, who is the same name. As, it's, it's just a different character. It's, her name is her full name is La Contessa Valentina de Fontaine. I think they removed the uh, La Contessa from whatever. Anyway, uh, Skrull posed as her spied on nick fury learned his many secrets uh fury killed the agent uh which revealed the secret invasion then after death of captain america another scroll did it to try to find nick fury however i'm trying to find this because it says in wikipedia she's also known as madam hydra however i literally can't seem to find any examples of when she was madam hydra Oh, okay. So, Secret Warriors. Oh, no, okay, okay. This is probably what they're doing, okay? You ready for this, Tyler? Yeah. You ready? All right. So, at the beginning of the Secret Wars miniseries, uh, Nick Fury's fighting back against Tamar, which is Norman Osborn's organization. It's revealed that Hydra has always controlled S.H.I.E.L.D. from the very start. Hmm. What? What does that sound like? Fontaine was re- is revealed to be Madame Hydra and was a Russian mole that was recruited in the S.H.I.E.L.D. She's working for Leviathan. I think you mentioned when our Black Widow... Didn't you mention it in our Black Widow trailer discussion? I may have. I think you did. I don't think so. Uh, but I will take uh, I, I've heard. I think I heard someone mention it. Uh, but yeah, she's Madame Hydra in the comics. She's played by Julia Ruiz Dreyfus now. She looks very evil. And this is the important thing for me to mention from the news I read today, and I said it in our spoiler warning, is that Vandy Fair reported that she was initially supposed to premiere for the first time in Black Widow. Uh, so I guess we have a new appearance of her coming up pretty soon. Also, this is pretty interesting because this is the only time I think, really, that we have a character reveal uh mixed around because of the shuffling yeah uh because i don't think anyone in wandavision appeared for the first time appeared in wandavision before falcon winter soldier 
But this seems like a pretty big deal because Julia Louis Dreyfus is a big actor. She's honestly the biggest actor in the show besides, obviously, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, and Daniel Bruhl. And I guess Don Cheadle, if we want to count him. <laughs> if we want to count him. So anyway, Julia Louis Dreyfus is going to be in this. Uh, and she's... I think, Tyler, intent, nudge, nudge. I think she's putting together a team. I think so, too. And I think she's working with another member of the U.S. government who currently is overseeing a prison facility that is on the, um, the raft. The raft. Who's also, a couple years ago, that we're going to see in a couple months, was searching for Black Widow. Yep. So, yep, yep. I'm, of course, referring to our fave, William Hurt, as General, General Thunderbolt Thaddeus, Thaddeus Ross. Is it General Thunderbolt? It's Thaddeus Thunderbolt. General Thaddeus. So, Julia Lee Dreyfus, we love her. We're glad to see her. We love you, Julia Lee Dreyfus. Please come back. Tyler gets my condolences. You guys might not know why, but he does. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just building up my Marvel knowledge. That's what I'm doing. All right. I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing because I googled Julia Louis Dreyfus and it was the first response. And I'm like, how did Tyler miss this? Because I just Tyler. typed in Val. That's all. <laughs> that's all I did. And that's what I get. So, so yeah. Actually, talking about the wrath. That's in my next note, which is Zemo lives to fight another day, um, and he is going to the raft. So, uh, one. What did you think about that scene? I, well, I kind of actually said it already. Yeah. I said it earlier when we were talking about why this should be a binge watch. Yeah. It, yeah. So yeah, it was weird. It was, right. was, I mean, was kind of weird because I thought we were going to get more. And then, yeah, it was weird. You know what I will say about that scene? Uh, I think that scene is uh, pretty great because I had a feeling it was coming because the previously on... <laughs> Randomly included the line of him like, have any of you built visited the Sokovia Memorial? Uh, yeah. It was pretty funny. I also kind of, it's, I really don't know where they're going with Zemo as a character. It's kind of, it's very weird. Yeah. Because I don't think he's going to be outright evil. He's a, an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. He seems like, he seems like someone who will get, like, the Loki show. You know what I mean? Eventually down the road. Yeah. Get a show like Loki. Um, Zemo. Zemo. Oh. I mean, I'd watch a Zemo show. I'd watch... A Zemo show where he just fights Hydra? With Julia Louis Dreyfus as the leader? Yeah. I'd watch it. Yes. I love Julia Louis Dreyfus. She's so cool. Anyway. Alright. So, so, yeah, that's all. I, that's the only note that I had for Zemo there. Um, Zemo. Zemo. Um, Zemo. And then, uh, Isaiah. Okay, I want to go on to the next scene uh, with with uh falcon traveling to i back to isaiah um and i want to say one thing about this episode before you do that yeah which is that i'm tired i'm tired of these shows constantly treating me like i'm stupid and putting up the the location rat i knew we were in baltimore i recognized this location from a few episodes ago the worst offender is at the end of this episode where they show the very obvious skyline of New York City and then it goes, New York City. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, come on. Give me some credit here. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I can agree. Um, anyway. Moving on to Isaiah. my point. <laughs> um, Isaiah's <laughs> acting... The acting We're in so this drunk. scene for Isaiah was, We're not drunk, but we sound very I feel like I sound very drunk. Was on was on point. Um Yeah, I would say out of like top acting performances would be between uh John Walker and Isaiah, and I would say Isaiah pulls it through the whole time. The, the well, whole way through. I, I'm talking about this episode, sure. On sure, this Isaiah, episode, that's what I'm saying. Well Isaiah on this gets episode. the killer monologue. Yeah, he does. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, he gets he gets some credit. I'll give him credit. Sure, why not? Why not? So yeah, uh, why? What not? were your what were your thoughts on that scene? I mean, it was good. I thought it it was really good oh, for him to wait, be the I one. Wait, I want to jump back to Julia Louis Dreyfus for a second. Then we can go. I'm sorry, it's really actually kind of important. So I was confused why her name was Contessa. So it turns out Contessa is just like the female version of a count. So I'm stupid too. All right, back to it's back to Isaiah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to clarify because I was being dumb. Uh, I liked Isaiah. I think what's interesting about the monologue also is it's very purposely written to draw parallels to uh, First Avenger. Yeah. Uh, so, and it does it really well. It's a good it's a good monologue. Um, and he performs it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a very, it was well done. I don't really know what to say about it. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's also interesting because the show very purposely does not say he's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. He outright it outright says that Sam shouldn't listen to him, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I cause, but I really liked his last line where he's like, uh, "No, no black man will ever become Captain America, and even if they wanted one, no self-respecting black man would take it." Or it's something like yeah. that. And I was like, "Dang, what a way to what a way to put it to Sam." Yeah. Uh, yeah, good moment. Yeah. So then uh, now we'll go on to uh, the mystery gift from Bucky to Falcon. You you call it a mystery gift. I think it's pretty obvious what it is, but then you told me that you don't think it's what I think it is. Yeah. So you I, can tell me what okay. you, you tell the audience what I you think, think it is, and I'll be like, I I, I'm that, pretty sure it's this. I think that they are, they are wings made of vibranium. One... <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to just, laugh. It's a perfectly fair just guess. Li- just <laughs> listen. Vibranium <laughs> wings, okay? And Because now those wings are going to be nearly indestructible unless, like, Thanos' brother comes along with the sword again. But Josh Thanos. Is that his name? Just Josh Thanos. Josh Thanos. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's his bro, and it's Thanos was played by Josh Brolin. So I assume it's Josh, Josh Thanos. Thanos, and it's just—it's actually Josh Brolin without any makeup. It's just—it's just cable. It's cable from the yeah. Deadpool movies. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's called Josh Thanos. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, that's my uncle Josh Thanos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how. That's how. That's how Nebula, Nebula introduces, introduces him. him. Nebula and Gamora like, oh hi, Uncle Josh. <laughs> he he didn't wipe he he didn't wipe out half the population. He wiped out three fourths the population. And then, 
<laughs> no, I think I think Thanos' brother should be chill and like embarrassed of his little bro. I think he's older. I think Josh is older. What if what if Josh Thanos, Thanos? What if Josh Thanos is like I just want peace and I'm gonna double all the resources. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's the end of the show, right? Yeah. Carly's like What's the solution? And then Josh just comes <laughs> and it's like, give me the Infinity Gauntlet. They're like, we don't know if you should trust you. So Carly steals the Infinity Gauntlet, hands it to Josh, and Josh just goes, all right, double the resources, double the countries. Now there's room for everyone. And the Earth just doubles in size. But then the added gravitational force causes it to fall into the sun, and that ends the MCU. This is the last MCU movie. And show. R.I.P. It ends with the, 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 the Earth doubling in mass and falling into the sun. <laughs> MCU as written by Tyler and Danny. <laughs> Josh, Josh kills everyone by accident. Oh my god. He did what his brother tried to do, but he fails. All right. <laughs> but he didn't want to. That's what's funny. He didn't want to do it. It's very tragic. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. I forgot what point I was on. We're talking about the mystery gift. You were talking about the Wakanda okay, wings. Yes. I was like, so- Vibranium wings. That's what it was. <laughs> So, I believe they're vibranium wings, which would make sense <laughs> to me. Stop laughing. Because th- they say in the first Avenger that vibranium is the lightest metal on Earth. So, I don't really have anything to back so, this up. So, here's my response. <laughs> I think that very obviously it's a Captain America suit. Because the entire time, Bucky's been like, you should be Captain America, you should be Captain is America. Is it going to be, be like America. a nano suit? Like with the Black Panther suit? Sure, but it's like going to be a Captain America suit. Uh, I also think it might have wings built into it, but it's going to be Made a Captain America suit. Wait, no. Yeah, if they're well, built sure. into them, they'd be nano, it'd be nanotech. No. Okay. Well, well it'd be look, nanotech. Vibranium. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it is next week. All right. I don't really care that much to speculate what the suit's going to be if I think it's a suit, right? Yeah. I'll see it next what week. What if we get like a Shuri, like a like a 30 second Shuri cameo. Well, where she I actually want to comment on that, but I want to say something else first, yes. which is two things about this is number, if I'm right, which I, no offense, Tyler, I would probably bet money on it. It'd be a captain. I would be like 50 bucks says it's a captain America suit. Maybe it has wings with it, but it's a captain America suit primarily. Yeah. Uh, so two things. One, I think it's pretty funny to imagine, uh, just well, not imagine because it's gonna happen, but like a foreign country is designing the suit for Captain America. Well, Wakanda hates colonialism, and here they are making like a, the, the suit for the the symbol of colonialism. But to be fair, Sam being Captain America says a ton on its own. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if it wasn't Sam, if it was Bucky, be like, can you make me a suit? They'd be like, no, you know. But it being Sam, they're like, probably like, yeah, sure, that's cool, good idea. Maybe that was um, Bucky's request at first. He was like, well, that's what I think. can you make me a Captain America suit? That's, like, that's going to be the lead to we see with Shuri. He's going to be like, Shuri, can I have a Captain America suit? And she'll be like, no. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, but the other thing is, and this is me taking being serious for a second, it actually to me is a bummer uh, in a way that this would happen. Because to me that would mean the next time Sam would meet up with Wakanda, he would thank T'Challa for it, but we're never going to see that. That got me bummed when I realized that, because I'm like, this would be such a cool moment to see, not that we're going to see it, but Mackie and Bozeman. I don't think they interact much in either no. in the Infinity War, do they? No. Or they, they talk a bit briefly in Civil War. Yeah. 
But it would have been a really cool, like, moment to see the two of them be like. Because he would be like, thanks for the suit. That's what he would say next time he sees him, right? Yeah. If it is this suit. But we won't ever see that. And that's... Yeah, yeah. They talk, they talk in Civil War because he asked him if he likes to dress up as a cat. Yeah. He's like, so you dress up as a cat? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then, uh, so we agreed it's vibranium wings. Um, we, speaking of vibranium... <laughs> What? Well, no, because I think it's totally possible there aren't wings in yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying, sure, there might be wings with the suit. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't care. <laughs> um. So, yeah, then we then we move on to the uh, Bucky and Sam are fixing the boat. They're doing the MCU fixer-upper. Um, the quicker fixer-upper, MCU. I just, I just appreciated the, the comedic moment there with... Uh, Sam saying, I'm surprised you didn't use the metal arm. And it was kind of, it was yeah, kind was of the moment. same thing. Do what? It was good. It was a good yeah, moment. It, it reminded me of the uh, of the deleted scene from Avengers Endgame where uh, where Rhodey asked ask, uh, Steve Rogers, he's, he's like, why didn't you just jump out of the, like jump in the water up from the plane? Because he was like, had bombs on board. They're going down. Oh, I actually haven't seen you that. Have it? Oh, it, it's funny. What's his answer? He like okay, so Cap like, uh, Rhodey says. Rhodey says so. So why did you go down with the plane? He's like, there were bombs on board. Had had to take it down. And then he goes, and you couldn't jump like you couldn't start the like jump out at the last second. You couldn't start it like start the plane and then a nosedive and jump out at the last second. And then Cap is just like quiet. He just stares off because he knows Rhodey is right. But, but yeah, it's it's kind of a meta moment, um, in the MCU, there. Um, and then Wait, my next note: the MCU being meta. MCU when has meta. that ever happened? It's the meta the, cinematic. The, the meta cinematic universe. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me a soda. Okay. Anyway, what's the next point? Bucky Hart. Okay. Sarah. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bucky Hart Sarah. I don't know if Bucky really hurt Sarah or if he was just saying the, the stuff just to bother Sam. Say, yeah, just to bother Sam. Either way, I thought it was funny, but why? Why was it funny? Why was Explain it funny? The joke. Because it was Explain situational humor, Danny. And it's a situation. Situ- okay. Well, I, they I will only explain. did it once, so it doesn't need to be three times for a joke to comedy work. Comedy is working threes, Tyler. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not always. It's in like in 21 Jump Street, right? They think it's going to blow up once. It doesn't blow up. They think it's going to blow up a second time. It doesn't blow up. They think it's going to blow up a third time, and they go, like, oh, it's not good. It, but then that time it blows up, but it's a chicken farm. Thank you. So Walker talking to, or Walker lying to Lamar's parents about his death shows Walker's true character. Um, that's just a little note. Um, dumb scene, useless scene. Cut it. Yeah. Make it. Cut it out of the episode. I'm sorry, Tyler. You don't need your full sixty minutes. We could have done fifty nine. It wasn't useful. It reiterated something we already knew. I guess it gave some actors a new job, but it also was like, okay, whatever. You know, I, yeah. I didn't care for it. John Walker was already better used earlier in the episode. Yeah. Why don't we get more of his wife, who I thought was his girlfriend until Julia Louise Dreyfus was like, I guess your wedding day was the best day you ever had. Remember? Right. I was like, wait, you're married? Yeah. And, and Why I didn't, didn't this really, come up before? When, when 
when she said this little firecracker and I'm like, she's literally been quiet. His wife has been quiet the whole time. It's like, why would you call her a firecracker? You know what I mean? I didn't even know they were married. That's the nice yeah. thing is I was like, I assumed they were just dating. Julia Louise Dreyfus is, comes in on the fifth episode and gives us exposition that we should have had in episode one. Thank you. Hey-o. Actually, episode two, because he wasn't in episode That's one. That's true. But anyway. Uh, he was in episode one. He was at the very end. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, when the, the when they were like, hey, make sure you watch Up on Disney+. Plus. And then he was like, hey. He was like, do-do-do-do-do-do, where's the balloons? Anyway. <laughs> what What if... <laughs> Never mind. What if that's the ending? Like, they're fighting in New York, and this all of a sudden, a house with balloons lands, and out comes John Walker. Which is, <laughs> that's which what is, he's building. That's what he's building. Doing it, do it yourself, shield. That's what he's building at the end of the episode. He's actually building a yeah. house, dude. I, I kind of want to jump ahead really quick and talk about that, and, like, how he's just making a shield out of normal metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, buddy, that's so cool. All right. I don't think it's gonna work that well, but yeah. good luck. <laughs> yeah, you're fight you're you're fighting against a guy that has one has super soldier serum in him, and he had like and he has a vibranium arm, like. And otherwise, now we have someone who at least has vibranium wings, maybe a vibranium suit. We'll see. Anyway, we can move on. We're just jumping. We're, we're, we're so we're tired, guys. And what's funny is, I want to point out what's funny is we're like at the hour and like 35 minute mark. Normally when we do Friday night episodes, we get around this around the two hour mark. We're nowhere near there yet. We're just we're just going for it. Thanks a lot, Alfred Molina. This is your fault. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. <laughs> Thank you, Alfred Molina. Uh... uh and then my next note was like, which we already talked about this, it was like, who is Sharon talking to? Question mark. All caps. French. Batroc. She's the power broker. Exclamation but point. But yet, we're not going to explicitly state exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, we're not going to... We could Batroc be like, the power broker sent me. And yes, now he sounds like Sylvester Stallone, not French. The power broker sent me. <laughs> <laughs> but no. No. We just get... It's stupid. It's it's dumb. It's badly written. This show sucks. Not really, but like aspects of it really are bad. Yeah, yeah. With like there are, there are parts of it that I wish would have gotten more more time. Like especially since they went back and did rewrites. Or if you made it a movie, you could just cut Sharon Carter's character entirely from it. True. Mike, you drop. don't need the power broker. I would just cut the Magic Four episode entirely. Yeah. Even though I really liked the the Madripoor episode, it didn't, it do, didn't anything. do anything besides give us like it gave... some great Zemo time. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, I think the Zemo time last week was sufficient enough to rehabilitate the character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then I would want to see a fan cut of this that takes it to a two and a half hour movie. I think it's possible. It's true, um, but I don't know how we're gonna get a fan cut because you can't copy anything off disney plus oh tyler you're so innocent <laughs> anyway <laughs> um i get i just gotta get that disney paycheck you know but uh <laughs> yeah well yeah not that i i don't know how to fan edit i don't know how to rip things from disney plus disney please don't take us down that we're acknowledging the fact that piracy exists we're not we're not endorsed to get it in any form there's our disclaimer also, we obviously don't endorse it. We watch these shows on Disney Plus, right? But, yeah, like 
That's why I'm yelling at Tyler for not watching Hamilton. This is about the uh, the Bucky scene where they're just practicing with the shield. Really nonchalantly. Yeah. And Sam's like, I'm going to give you a free therapy lesson. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like very on-the-nose dialogue. It's surprise, surprise, not very well-written. <laughs> not, not very <laughs> it's, it's very – Yeah, Bucky's apology mm-hmm. to Sam, like – if we're going to have that kind and of... Sam's like, don't apologize to me. Apologize help people. Yeah, like, Blah. if we're going to have that conversation, flesh it out and approach it the way it needs to be approached. Like, give it its due time instead of just this oh, really don't weird... Don't be like, we forgot about this last right. week. Gotta do it now before the, the fight next week. Oh, no. My question is, if Sam has all the answers for dealing with grief and trauma then where was he when wanda needed him come on where's wandavision 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 you know actually that brings me back to a point i want to make about julie louise dreyfus's how dare you bring in someone who has gone through like three famous sitcoms into the mcu and not have them in wandavision and not have them in the yeah in the sitcom come on next you're gonna tell me that agatha is the power broker Okay. <laughs> Agatha is Mephisto, who is the power broker. It oh, was, Mephisto is the power broker. It was Mephisto all along. Oh, and I sent Batroc too. <laughs> that was my Adam Sandler's Mephisto impression. Oh, gross. I hope we never get an Adam Sandler Mephisto. Oh no, did Tyler just doom himself to an Adam Sandler recommendation? Find out next week. <laughs> um, so, this episode feels like the first time that we're moving on from Steve Rogers. Which is like, yay, finally. Wow, but put it on I'll, the record like, that Tyler hates Steve Rogers and is glad to move on from Chris Evans. I do not hate Steve Rogers. If you like Chris Evans, may I recommend a movie called Knives Out? I've heard the sequels are becoming a Queeby miniseries that's going to air on Netflix all at once. <laughs> I may have heard about it. <laughs> have you seen Snowpiercer? That's a good Captain America movie. <laughs> Snowpiercer is a good movie, though. I like Chris Evans' movie. No, well, Snowpiercer is a good movie. You know, it's from uh, it's from Bong Joon-ho, right? The guy who won for the Oscar for Parasite? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I really do like Snowpiercer. Uh, and it's a movie. It's not a creepy miniseries like, say, Knives Out 2 or Luca or Soul. Or Told Knives you, Tyler, I'd get around to them. They, they got mentioned. Ah, oh, you mentioned them. Dang it. Peter Rabbit is we not a creepy through. miniseries. There we and go. And then you got, you got the big three, which are This is a Peter Rabbit podcast, don't you know? <laughs> Soul. Yeah. Um, I was going to be mad when, like, Come August, and Peter Rabbit 2 is going to have been out for like two months by now, but I'll still find a way to bring it up every week. <laughs> You'll somehow talk about like a Peter Rabbit 3. I want Daniel Kalula in Peter Rabbit 3. Playing like a turtle or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most random animal. Uh, we're no longer, it's, we're no longer like under Steve's shadow. It's, you know, these characters are finally becoming 
something of their of their own. They're not that, relying that, on Steve. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to return though to what I said about these characters, which is like, man, what's the whole point of this? These shit people getting like mini series, was so that way like we'd get character development for them. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Then, now we're getting on to Danny's favorite part of the episode, which is the training montage. Yeah, someone needs to re-edit this with uh, the song from a Rocky movie. And by that I mean play all the Rocky montage songs at once over this. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know what was really striking me is the music they use for this montage is the end credits theme of this show. Like, it's not changed at all. It's just the end credits of the show. And it was like... I've heard this music before. Oh, wait. I, they literally play it, like, every episode. Every episode, yeah. And it's not an edit. It's not a rearrangement at all. It literally just sounds like they placed it on top of the montage. Come on, Henry Jackman. Uh, yeah. Well, you know my opinion on Henry Jackman. I think he oh. sucks, too. Oh, yeah. I don't like him. Fire him. Place him <laughs> with, like, John Debney or, like, Skrillex. I don't care. I really don't care. It's someone <laughs> okay. else. I... I'd watch a Skrillex, like, if Skrillex did a whole episode, just music for it. I'd, Skrillex, I'd it. I guess they're going to have to do Skrillex Tron 3. Skrillex should do the music for Blade. No, Tron Boom. 3, because Daft Punk broke up. Sad. Well, no one else here cares about Tron, I guess. Whatever. I have uh, not seen Tron. Anyway, the montage... I think it's kind of funny that there's, like, a real Rocky training montage in this. It's also really funny because we see him throwing the sword around in this show multiple times before this. Yeah. It's not bad at it. And all of a sudden, he's, like, the worst at it. Yeah. It's kind of like John Watts directed this montage. I... Because if you remember, Spider-Man is really great at fighting in Civil War, but suddenly in Homecoming, he's the worst. So yeah. I think John Watts directed this montage. This this scene felt like it should have been at the very beginning of the of the show. I don't know. Eh, I wouldn't go that far. I wanna go, it, I think you need the training montage now. I just think it's really silly that it's like played so straight. Yeah. Uh, and also yeah, there's no real why, there's no real why. perception of time here, right? It's right. just like he trained for a day, I guess. I don't know. And he never opens the, the the present from Wakanda, which That's seems true. like it'd be his thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't understand all the flips. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. Like, the flips he, are really he goes, funny. He goes from like being average with the sh- with the shield. He's not bad with the shield throughout all the episodes prior to this, and then I mean, what little you see, hat he uses the shield, and then he goes to being poor with it to hey i'm gonna go from being really sloppy with the shield to nearly cutting my head off with with uh with it coming back at me or to where i'm gonna try and do some double flips yeah i just i don't know how they help yeah why uh, flips i don't know so why okay obviously i'm rooting for falcon and bucky you want to know why because it's how the show is the falcon and bucky show not winter soldiers the falcon and bucky show Actually, it's really weird, honestly, sidebar. Good morning. Why is this show Falcon called the Bucky? Falcon and Winter Soldier Show when he, Bucky's constantly like, I'm not the Winter Soldier anymore. Just call it the Falcon and Bucky Show or Sam and Bucky Comedy Hour. I don't care. Or their ship name. Yeah, 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 of course. 
I definitely think that the title "Bam" would be great for this show. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> or "Bum," I guess "Bum" also could be another ship name. Um. Anyway, um. So sticks going to this climate. I want to put now. I do recognize that Carly leads a group that is somewhat terrorism, but let's see what she's trying to stop. They're voting on a deal that will allow them to move to deport millions of refugees to places where they don't have homes. To places of inadequate care. Yeah. Yeah. So, why wouldn't I refer to stop the GRC? <laughs> She's right. This is a this is a vast overreach of like. No, don't do like don't just blanket deport millions of people. Like, I hope next week, wouldn't that be a great twist if John Walker's like, actually, I want to stop, well, no, it's not a twist. John Walker's like, deportation is good. I'm a lame alt-right version of this character that's not creative anymore. And Sam's like, stop, vile villain. And he says that line exactly as I just delivered it. (laughs) Stop, vile villain. I think deportation is wrong. And they just stare at the camera for the remaining 50 minutes of the episode until the credits roll. Then after the credits, they blink. Let's go to the end credits. Yeah, let's talk about the billing. Julia Louise Dreyfus got herself a Gwyneth Paltrow deal. And what I mean by that is that Gwyneth Paltrow is randomly the third build... I've talked about this before. The third build person in Spider-Man Homecoming. It goes from Tom Holland to Michael Keaton... And then it gives us Gwyneth Paltrow's credit, which is hilarious because she's in the movie for 30 seconds. Julia Louis-Dreyfus on this show is fifth build. Good, no, excuse me. She's sixth build. She's sixth build. Good for her. I don't understand why, but good for her. Because uh, obviously we have our, our boys, Tony and Seb. Uh, Tony and Seb, that's their names now. Uh, then we got Emmy, and we got Y, and then we got Aaron, which is whose name I can't obnoxiously abbreviate, and then we got Julia Louise Dreyfus in fifth. Good for her. Let's predict next week the finale. How many post credits scenes we're gonna get? I think we agree two. We agree two, right? We agree two. two. Yeah. Okay. What's what's your prediction? Um, my prediction is that Thor will be in the season finale to tell John Walker. He is not worthy. Now, my question um, for you here is, I have a question for you. Yes. All right. So, Thor's going to be in the finale. Tell him that. Don't you remember that in Thor Ragnarok, it turns out that he is not the god of hammers. He's the god of thunder. So, what is Wyatt Russell the god of? And I'll tell you what I think it is. But what do you think he's the god of? Chins. I think he's the god of beards. Have you ever seen Wyatt Russell with a beard? It looks amazing. This poor man had to shave for this show. They better let him grow it out for the future. <laughs> I will say that, like when he started growing in the facial hair, he looks great with that it you, pulled. Yeah, it. Pulled, this is the only show I've seen thing I've seen of him where he doesn't have facial hair. Uh, which is weird because I've actually seen Wyatt Russell on a lot of things. So him being in here and like not having facial hair, I'm like, ooh, grow that out, man. <laughs> we know Cap has facial hair. We saw it in Infinity War, and everyone was like. Oh, Chris Evans. Anyway, what are your predictions? <laughs> I want to see uh, some villain team building, um, and my hopes for Thunderbolts lives on. Um, with uh, with 
this uh or jld yes with jld that definitely definitely helps that definitely boosts the spirits and then i think all the normal hero stuff will prevail i think that next week will be the big climax sam will be captain america hopefully bucky will help the asian american old man from the pilot otherwise it's really like bizarre loose end to have uh somehow carly will be talked down i think bat truck will die because no one really wants him back anyway i think zemo will be a post-credit scene i don't know what the ever post-credit scene will be what do you think the ever post-credit scene is gonna be i think it will be zemo and gld jld yeah um the other post i think it'd be walker or it could be a, a bucky thing i'm not sure which other post-credit scene what could if it starts up wandavision that'd be, be pretty funny josh thanos josh thanos he's like i'll do it myself and he just starts planting grass he starts pan- he plants some farm Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. You can listen to us on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also listen to us on YouTube at our channel, Why Is with Ty and Dan, where you can leave us a good old Hulk smash on that like button. Stop it! It's Dr. <laughs> Strange's! Uh, we forgot to mention something that I'm going to tell you. Next, I don't know if you remember. If you listen to this podcast, you should. If you don't, wow, I- I'm pretty impressed you didn't remember this. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, I will have seen Soul in theaters. Which means next week we're going to talk about it in the green room. Because uh, I'm making Tyler watch it again so we can talk about it. Actually, you know what? You volunteered it. You, you said that Oh, you said that to me last week. Like, oh, maybe I'll watch it and we can talk about it. And you know when you say maybe to me, that's a yes. Uh- <laughs> but that was last week, Danny. Well, maybe it will be next week. week. Yeah, but next week is next week. Anyway, so I'll definitely be talking about Soul at least. So you should probably watch it if you haven't. May I recommend renting a theater for $250 to do so? (laughs) I think it's on Disney Plus, which if you're listening to this podcast, you should probably have because we only talk about Disney Plus content, which is kind of disturbing considering how Disney has such a strange hold over our our world. By the way, Disney, please sponsor us. Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. You can follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyan1, because I'm number one. And you can follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blank Mint to reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU, which, as I said before, by the time this podcast is out, we'll include a review of Soul. That's pretty exciting, right? I also post uh, Danny Vincent. I'm Danny Vincent. I don't know if you remember that. You probably do. I also post another podcast called The Snub Club. You should listen to that, too. It's pretty good. It's on everything. This is not except for Buzzsprout, but that's okay. Oh, uh, we're also not on YouTube, but that's also okay. We're on YouTube. I don't know if you know that. Uh, Tyler already told you that. I hope you listened. Uh, moreover, uh, what's the last thing to say? Uh, oh, I'm guest starring on my friend Caleb's podcast this week. You should listen to that too. I'm defending Cars too. Yay! Everyone likes Cars too, right? Just kidding. They don't. That's why I have to defend it. I'm also going to talk about Obnoxious Core, which I introduced as a concept on this very podcast. So it's practically a spin-off, but not really. It's called Hot Trash Unlimited. It's on everything. Other than YouTube and, I think, Buzzsprout. I don't know. I think it's on Podbean. I'm not sure. Uh, by the way, if you want to talk to us at WhyIsWithTyDan, you can get the access by email at WhyIsWithTyDan at gmail.com. We love you guys. We love you. Have a great week. I'll miss you very much. We're going to talk about the finale next week, hopefully in the morning, so we're not so crazy. All right. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.